Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode of One in Five from Bully to Healed. I'm your host, Jackie DePasquale. More importantly, I am one in five. One in five stands for the statistic that one in five students are bullied every single day. After being bullied for many years, I became an advocate for bullying victims everywhere. This podcast serves as a voice for every one in five in the world, as well as a guide towards healing from being bullied. Today, I am pleased to introduce a wonderful young lady who is shattering through ceilings in her community. Later on, her strong mother will be sharing her experience as a parent of a bullying victim. Gioella, welcome to One in Five. Thank you so much for calling in and chatting with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. I love your story. It's so amazing that you're brave enough and have the courage to share this. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. Now, to start our conversation, the first question that I'd like to ask you is simply when the bullying first began for you and how long it's lasted. I had moved here to my town in second grade and it started immediately. And then now I'm a senior and it continues still. That's just heartbreaking to hear. I'm so sorry about that. Now, where is the bullying taking place for you? Is this in school, I'm assuming? It was at school. It was uh, it was cyber. If I like went out with my family, like a restaurant or something, the girls would start there. It was kind of anywhere and everywhere I went. I experienced cyberbullying as well, and it's really just awful with the way that technology is growing. It just seems that the cyberbullying is getting even worse. Yeah, it seems like everyone just decides to hide behind all their electronics instead of talking to you to your face. So besides cyberbullying, was there any other kind of bullying that you've experienced, whether it was physical, verbal, or relational? It was kind of all of the above. I would be in the hallways and the girls would like shove me, push me out of the way, like try to trip me down the stairs. And then there were some verbal like words, like things that teachers kind of seemed to ignore, like in class. You would never think to hear about a bullying victim who actually was targeted by teachers. What has it been like for you being targeted by your own teachers? It was kind of difficult because you would think they would have your back especially when you are still a kid and it's not like a kid will listen to a kid. You would want an adult to step in and have your back with the whole situation. And to the point where you're sitting in class and the teacher, a kid will say something and the teacher will look down. It just basically ignore everything so that they don't have to do paperwork. And especially because if you look at our state of New Jersey, there are numerous laws that have been passed that tell schools this is the protocol that you need to go by. There's supposed to be an anti-bullying specialist at every single school. And and teachers are supposed to step in and they're supposed to go through an appropriate protocol, filling out paperwork. They kind of just put their heads down and sweep everything under the carpet. And I really believe that with this conversation about bullying in general, everything's just kind of been swept under the rug. Everybody is aware that bullying is a really bad thing, but I don't really think that enough people are talking about it, especially not being raw and genuine about it. Yeah. It's about sharing that pain and struggle and helping others who might be feeling that same way. And you want to, like, bring the people out that were quiet about it and are too scared to say anything because they don't want matters to get worse. 
by you stepping up and doing this with me today, I know for a fact that there are many other people who are going through very similar experiences. By hearing your voice, they're going to be able to use their own in their own communities and in their own schools and in their own homes. That would be awesome if more people came out of their shell and talked about it because it doesn't take just one person. It takes multiple people to actually have people listen to you. Definitely. All it takes is a drop in the ocean. So the next question that I'd like to ask you is kind of bringing it back with your classmates, taking your teachers out of the picture for a second. Was it one specific classmate that's been kind of messing around with you or is it a group of them? It started off as one tiny person and then the elementary schools came together, created one big middle school and it was like a cluster of people just attacked all at once. I imagine that there are a lot of students within that school system, too. Oh, yeah. I think there's seven elementary schools in our town. Oh, six. Sorry. That's no problem at all. So obviously there were a lot of people who were on your case for many years then. Oh, yeah. I feel your pain. Um, I came from a very, very small school system. My middle school graduating class was about 56 people. And then my high school graduating class was about 103 of us. So when I was bullied, it was a pretty big group of people. But because of it being such a small number of students within the school, I didn't really have many classmates to turn to for that comfort and just that extended hand from a friend. Yeah, no, that's that's awful. You know what, though? Through that experience, it's made me a lot stronger and a lot more resilient as it has for you today. So do you have any idea why you've been targeted by your classmates and your teachers? I have absolutely no idea. I've tried many, many times to reach out to people and say, listen, I don't know like what's going on, but I would love to be friends with you. Just not really sure like what the issue is, but it kind of just backfired on me as if like, oh, she's desperate. She needs friends kind of thing. And how sad is it that when we try to seek answers for what we're potentially doing wrong, it just backfires like that? It's terrible because it's like it makes you feel, okay. so maybe it is me. Like maybe I am a problem. These sticks and stones that are just thrown at you from your bullies create this mindset. You're this monster and that no matter what you do, it's never going to be right. It's never going to be valued by anybody. Yeah. So with the wide variety of kinds of bullying that you've experienced, do you feel that one of them affected you more than the other? There was those little words like, oh, she's a slut. She's a whore. But these are also things that are being said as a seventh and eighth grader. Like, you don't, those words, like, aren't mentally put into my brain when I'm that age. Like, it's kind of just, when I was probably, like, I think 14, 13, that area. And all I was thinking about was, ooh, Disney. Oh, uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch like Hannah Montana or something. And then you hear those words. And on top of it, being told to kill yourself. It's like, where is the youth in all of this? Like, it's kind of like we were all adults at a young age. The little tiny petty things like, oh, she's she's fresh. She's mean. Like, no. And those words were not even thrown around. It was just, she's ugly. She's a whore. She's a slut. And big words that I didn't know at that age. So 
Well, the one thing about that is children knowing those kind of words and even encouraging you to kill yourself, which is just absolutely horrible. That comes from home. That comes from the way that they were raised. And I think that that's something that many people don't realize. They don't realize that for the majority, you know, for the majority, I'm not going to say completely that the bullying begins at home. It really does. And it can also begin just by somebody being bullied by their classmates. So then they turn around and start bullying other classmates as a way to heal from the pain that they're experiencing. Yeah, exactly. Now, when it comes to all the different kinds of bullying, cyberbullying, you know, the words and physical, does it really depend on whether it was your classmates or your teachers? Was one kind of bullying worse than the other? Honestly, it was kind of equal because you would think that at least one kid would have your back. I spoke up at a board of education meeting in my town and I basically called out my principal of my middle school. So I kind of understood why the teachers didn't like me, but at the same time I didn't because it's like that doesn't affect you as to why I had to say what I had to say about her. So it confused me a little because that was also in middle school and now I was in high school getting attacked by teachers. And with the kids, it's like you should like you would think that there were so many kids that I would at least have like one solid person. But it, it was awful because everyone believed every story that one person had to say about me. It really is an unbelievable thing how those kinds of stories can be so unbelievable and it spreads like wildfire. Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of experiences with that as well. I would probably say out of all the various kinds of bullying, it was more the relational side. So having rumors spread about you, that was the worst of it for me. Because these stories about me that were spread like wildfire painted this image of me that was the complete opposite of who I am. Yeah, that's necessary. So with all this bullying that you've you've experienced for many years, unfortunately, what instance was the absolute worst for you? Was it something that happened in second grade or was it something that's happened to you as you're older and now you're a senior in high school? It was definitely in middle school when it got to the point where the girls were being so, so, so mean to me that I started to believe everything that they were saying. I think the whole killing yourself really got to me and got me in a place where I don't think I should have been at that age. You're not thinking about like You're not supposed to be thinking about that. You're supposed to be thinking about your childhood. And they took a part of me as a kid. They like ripped it out of me. Like I was an adult at a young age because every tiny bit of childlike innocence in me was just gone. I'm so very sorry that they did that to you. And I know that one in fivers around the world, they share in that experience. Again, as I said, that all begins at home. So they're learning from adults and they become adults at a young age. And then they almost force that upon you. Yeah, no one should have to deal with it. No, nobody deserves it. No matter who you are and what you look like, what you believe in and how you act. Nobody ever, ever deserves it. And the thing that's very unfortunate about the climate today with politics and, again, with social media, people are just head-to-head all the time, immediately discrediting one another and so easily hide behind screens. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's so much worse today in 2020 than when I graduated from high school in 2011. And that's why it's so vital to have bullying victims speak out, be brave, and be okay with shattering through ceilings. 
Yeah. I know that you had said that you really didn't have anybody within school step in for you. But as you were experiencing being bullied, was there anyone outside of that who stepped in for you? A parent or a guardian, a family member? My mom. So how did your mom step in? I think it was the end of seventh grade when everything was going on. And she started seeing the difference in the type of person of who I was. And she grabbed me and pushed me up against the wall. And she said, I want you. I gave birth to you like you're the reason why I'm still here these girls have no reason to say anything about you and at that point I was like wow okay I totally am a different person it's incredible how impactful a mom's words are extremely because it doesn't matter how many people pick on you in your life you can always 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 count on your family and that's regardless of whether or not it's by blood Your family has your back. They love you. They value you. And they see your worth in this world. And they serve as that constant reminder of how special you are. And it's wonderful that you were able to have your mom right there by your side during that extremely dark time, especially in middle school. Oh, yeah. On top of your mom, what are other ways that you've coped? Music definitely was the only thing that really was my outlet with things. Like if I needed to calm down, I just threw my headphones on and I just blocked everything out. Through singing and playing guitar and piano, like it was my outlet with anything. It's really a beautiful thing when we can find those passions in our lives that bring us to this different place outside of the world. I've always loved music as well, and I found that to be a really great coping mechanism for me. I grew up being in band. I was a drummer. My parents owned a DJ company, and I also grew up as a dancer, an actress, and a singer. So anything that had to do with music, getting me in front of people, believe it or not, or on a stage, that's what took me away from all that pain that I was feeling. Yeah, it's like you're not in your own body when you're doing those things. I think that especially music, through its lyrics in many songs, it gives you that reminder of your worth and your value and how special you are to others. Definitely. What would you say was your number one song that you would listen to over and over again? I mean, it definitely changed. At that time, it was Instincts Bye Bye Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's a classic. (laughs) But now Demi Lovato wrote this song called Warrior. Basically, I can relate to it like crazy. That is a really wonderful song. I've played that song on repeat so many times. Warrior really does embody what a bullying victim faces and how to build strength and resilience the words that she says like you can hear the pain in her voice and it's like you can relate to it more the way she says it and the way she words things definitely you can feel that and even in skyscraper is another one that i've always found to be a wonderful song too just talking about climbing over those mountains that just seems so impossible yeah Besides music, what other ways of coping would you recommend to bullying victims who've shared a similar experience? Well, when I was little, I did pageants. And that kind of, like, it it made you feel beautiful, like, without anyone having to say anything, like, just putting on those dresses and having to, like, go somewhere and meeting those girls that you're doing them with. It's like they have the same, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, they just 
they're there the same reason why you're there. It's funny that you mentioned that because I have done a few pageants in my life too. And I'm actually currently competing for Miss New Jersey International. One of the biggest reasons why I went into pageantry was to be able to advocate for bullying victims everywhere and to take that leap towards healing from my experience. And you're absolutely right that when you do pageants, you're there for the same reason and you're welcome there with open arms because pageants celebrate who you are. Yes, everybody loves dressing up in gowns and getting their hair and makeup done, but the core of pageants is celebrating who you are in your most pure form. It is. It really is. And the, and the people that you meet there, they're so bubbly and light and they're always smiling and they're just happy to be there. They always are. I completely recommend young women who have struggled as bullying victims to do pageants. I think that it's a really wonderful way to experience self-growth and to really realize who you are. 100%. Okay, so we're looking at second grade when you first started being bullied and now you're 18, I assume? Yes. Do you feel at this point in your life that you're fully healed from being bullied? No, I'm definitely still healing. I mean, I can't even go into like one of the stores in my town, like without fear of seeing someone and, oh no, like, what are they going to say about me? Like there's, I don't even go to that school anymore because I would have panic attacks just walking through the front doors of the school. So when I had left, it was just like rumors flew all over the place across the entire town. And I was so scared that once I saw them in like ShopRite or I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts or something, I was just, they would immediately assume like, oh, this, this, that, that, like anything, just the fear was beyond anything. My little brother is, well, he just graduated from the high school that I had attended. So there's been many opportunities where I've visited back in my high school to support my brother at a soccer game or his play. Every single time I walked back into my high school, I felt fear just overflow me just because of that place. I just, it was just so much pain that I experienced. So I completely understand where you're coming from. It's like PTSD times a million. So how about this though? So obviously you're not fully healed and granted, I'm not, I don't believe that you can be a hundred percent healed from an experience like this. You just learn of appropriate ways to cope with it. Yeah. And you discover like along your journey of healing, you find these different ways of coping and that kind of helps heal you for a little bit. But then when you have your rough days, you go back to those helpful ways of coping. Yeah, I was asked to do a speech at graduation, and the last sentence that I say is, like, I don't just thank my family and my friends. I'm basically thanking everyone that tore me down and that made me the person who I am today, because if it wasn't for them, I would not be as strong and able to talk about these things and maybe made me have thicker skin than I did before. When you compare yourself to, you know, the beginning of your bullying experience in second grade and you look at yourself now at 18 years old, that you are just so much stronger and so much more resilient. You've weathered so many different kinds of storms that when you get older and God forbid you experience bullying in the workplace, you'll be much more equipped to handle that more than other people would. 
Yeah. So that's a one. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I hate to say it, but it's like you're used to it. Like, because you're at the point where it's like, oh, you know what? Whatever. Like, I, I went through this in high school. Like, I'm not going to deal with it now. Exactly. It's just almost your emotions, everything just kind of becomes numb to the whole thing. But the other nice advantage to being a bystander when bullying is taking place in your workplace is that since you were bullied, you'll have the education behind you to set up a really amazing workshop with your boss and your coworkers. Yes, definitely. Now I kind of want to bring our conversation back to when I mentioned earlier about you starting your bullying experience. Let's say your second grader self approached you and told you that she was being bullied. What advice do you think you would give to her? I would probably just, I mean, there was no stopping everything that had happened and it kind of builded me up to the person I am today. So I would just tell her to keep her head high and do her best to ignore everyone because in the end, it's going to make you a better person inside and out and make you wiser and stronger. And it's going to turn you into an unbelievable woman. Right on, young lady. That was a beautiful, beautiful answer. And I really hope that all the young ladies as well as the young men out there really hear that answer because I know that you spoke that from your heart. So now um, at this point, I would love to bring your mother onto the scene just to discuss a little bit more about her experience as a parent of a bullying victim. Hi. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. Good. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting us on. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, Carrie, I just want to ask you, um, would you care to share how you've been impacted as a parent from Gioella's experience? Well, of course, when you become a mom, she is my first child. So, you know, everything you do, you want it to be perfect and have everything in life go so smoothly and easy and give them all the things that you never had and all the things you want, all their happiness to be perfect, you know? She was such a, a sweet and kind little girl. And then when things started happening to her, like, I wanted to go fight for her. I was never a fighter in in high school or grammar school, but you become this enraged mama bear when somebody's hurting your young. So I literally was like, that's it. I want to go there. I want to tell them the things that you need to say since you can't say them. Or I think at the point, there was a point where I was just like, I'm going to beat up their moms. You know, like what, what, what can I do to make this better? Because there was a time where I felt her first and foremost, we are not a family that does things separately. Like my kids don't go in their room and they don't hide out on their electronics. Like we are in your face, loud Italian, Hispanic family. We are always in the living room together. We are always eating together. We're always, we go to sports events together. We don't miss sibling games or practices or anything. We do everything as a family. So there was a time where she was just around the end of seventh grade, beginning of eighth grade, just in her room. And I really got in her face and I kind of pushed her against the wall and with tears in my eyes and a lump in my throat, I just told her, you know, like, we wanted you you know, your siblings need you. You need to snap out of this and realize that they are not important. Once you graduate high school, you move on to different things. And, you know, maybe people will be smart enough and and say, oh, God, I was an idiot in high school and grammar school and middle school, and we should be friends. Or you're never going to see them again. And who cares? 
that is not it. what's happening now is only important for this moment. It's your future that is what's more important. Definitely. I agree with you 100%. And I am so sorry that you've had to kind of watch your daughter go through the things that she's been through. Although I'm not yet a parent, my parents share in your experience that when you see your young being hurt, all you want to do is anything, anything it takes just to see your babies be happy again. That's all you want. Absolutely. When they're not in your face, I'm on, she's going to be 19. I'm on all her social media. My 13 year old, I'm on her social media. My son doesn't have social media and he's nine, but I'm just there. I'm always there. I'm on the PTA. I need to know what's going on. And the sad part is when there is a problem with someone, your kids don't want you going to their parents because what happens is they, it makes matters worse. It really does, though. All you're trying to do is just communicate what your child is going through and just trying to fix it to the best of your ability. And it's right. and it's really just such an unfortunate thing that it always comes out that way. I wish that people were just more educated about bullying prevention, hence why I am doing this podcast. So then when it comes to that point where they're approached about their child bullying someone else, that they're able to approach the whole thing with more of a heart towards whoever is experiencing the bullying. Right. Knowing what you know today as a parent of a bullying victim, what advice would you give to another parent of a bullying victim? Be present. Definitely be present in your child's life. Because I really think that parents that are not paying attention, and, and I don't mean that in an insulting way at all. You know, I'm a full-time, I work full-time, my husband works full-time. I'm thankful and grateful that at the time that this was happening, I was not working. I only started working again three years ago. So I was able to be home and see mood changes and notice different things that when you're preoccupied, sometimes you, you don't notice. So don't let your kids hide out in their room. Have family movie night, have family game night, like really be in your kid's business in a sense, because when they are feeling alone and isolated, it makes it worse. I am a huge advocate for family. I come from a family of four. We're extremely close. We pray and eat dinner at the dinner table every single night, and it really is true. It makes such a wonderful impact when parents are fully present in their kids' lives, and that's outside of working, but as soon as they come home, that they're readily available to them and sometimes have to kind of really talk to the kids to get out whatever they're feeling. Absolutely. Being annoying is probably a curse, but a gift at the same time. A blessing and a curse is certainly a really great way to put it. I know that I wouldn't have become the person I am today if it wasn't for my parents being so strongly present in my life and stepping in and standing up for me and encouraging me at the same time. Really, I don't think that I would have been even brave enough to develop this podcast and to become a huge advocate for bullying prevention if it wasn't for them. That's amazing. I really I I'm sorry, go I ahead. Know that, I didn't know that you were bullied. God bless you. It's it's a hard thing to get through, but it does make you a stronger person in the end. Maybe not at first, but it takes a little while. I don't think Joyella is fully healed, but she's come a really long way. I really appreciate you saying all those kind words about me. And Joelle and I did talk about that, the healing from being bullied. 
The next question I want to ask is one for both you and Gioella. Do you ladies believe that schools are spreading enough awareness about bullying, its signs, and its effects? And if not, what kind of actions do you think that they should be taking? They're definitely not. No, not at all. The schools have always, since second grade, have told me, oh, she needs a thicker skin. Oh, really? She needs a thicker skin when people are making fun of her. They made fun of her clothes. They made fun of her, you know, fake Uggs. They made fun of different things that, yes, they do sound petty. But when it's every single day and it didn't stop, what are you supposed to do? And it's very interesting how that does happen all too often in school systems across the country where they'll almost bully the bullying victim and they'll kind of bring it in this direction as the bullying victims fall rather than the bullies. Right. So Joyella, when she moved on to high school, the principal that moved up to the high school, he said to me when we had a meeting one morning because she was having issues at the high school, he said, are we ever going to get over what happened in middle school? And I just looked at him and I said, are we ever going to discuss it? Are we ever going to put a handle on it? How do you move on from something when it's never taken care of? It's so true. And that's the thing is that we as bullying victims and parents of bullying victims, we have to push through those walls. You just have to, you know, get over it. Yes. Or or what is the saying they say in, in, let go and move on, let go and move on. This conversation just can't go on in October, which is Bullying Prevention Awareness Month. This needs to be in a year-long 24-7 thing. Yes, I agree 100%. It's the truth. So expanding upon the question I just asked, what do each of you believe should be done in all communities to combat bullying? I personally think that just like a hotline for suicide, I think there should be a bullying hotline because I, in my heart of hearts, believe that if there is a hotline, kids could call in and you could prevent a suicide if they have someone to talk to, someone that's been through it, someone that could tell them, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's easier said than done not to worry about it, but know that this happened to me too. And you know what? Tomorrow's another day. And the next day is an even better day. So that's what I think. I think there needs to be a hotline or more people coming forward, just like you're doing and Joyella's, you know, talking to you. I think that more kids need to be able to come forward. If if their parents, there are parents that don't believe their children. If their parents don't believe them, they need to find someone they can trust to talk to and get this out because it's not an isolated situation. I don't believe that it's one in five. I believe it's more. There really could be the case. The hotline is such an outstanding idea. They have a suicide hotline. Why not an anti-bullying hotline? And let's say a bullying victim did call this anti-bullying hotline and the person on the other end believes that this bullying victim is suicidal, then they can directly connect them to the suicide hotline. That's kind of like a way that they can work together. Right. Gioella, what do you think? What do you think that communities should be doing to combat bullying? I feel like they need to get all the kids to, like, finally talk to each other. Our our old school, we had more things that we did, like, as a group, but, like, as, like, a class. Like, the class of 2021, the class of 2020, the class of 2019, like, we all did something that, like, made us grow stronger together. And I feel like all the schools at least need to do maybe something maybe once a week, once a month, 
to like try to get the kids to, I don't know, talk about things and share their stories and grow together because it gets people talking and maybe you make more friends that way. You don't really, you're not isolating yourself from other people. Communication is key to impacting others. It's key to lowering the statistic of one in five. It's the key to it all. No matter what kind of cause you may be advocating for, communication is absolutely key. I've thought about that same idea as you, Gioella, that just having the kids communicate with one another, it doesn't even have to be holding events, advocating for bullying prevention. It could simply be team building exercises that force classmates to really learn about one another. And then, as you said, through that, they could develop some really beautiful friendships. Yeah. I want to wrap up this conversation with you ladies by asking one final and very important question. What is the one thing you both want to tell the world about bullying? It's not a joke. It really isn't. People make it seem like, oh, this one, oh, she's getting bullied or, and I put that in quotes, like, because a lot of people don't get it. They don't, they don't understand it until that person or someone that they know goes through it. And that's the saddest part is you don't wish it upon anyone. But at the same time, it's like, is it really going to take that for you to understand? And it's, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. And I really, really hope that at some point it will end. I don't think it will, but I hope that it does. And I just want people to open their eyes and be like, oh, this is really happening. Like, there needs to be a wake up call for everyone. It certainly isn't a joke. I think that sometimes social media comes into play with that, with bullying almost being a joke. I think that social media can sometimes glamorize this issue. But at the same time, I work in social media. And I think that social media can also be a really wonderful way for bullying victims to speak out. It is, definitely. Carrie, um, I want to ask you the same question. What's the one thing that you want to tell the world about bullying? You're not alone. You just have to find the right person that's going to listen to you. You are not alone. It it might take a couple of bad situations before you find the right situation to help you get stronger. Hearing that phrase, you're not alone, I feel like you really hear that everywhere. People might believe, hey, this is a cliche thing, but you don't realize when it's in the sense of bullying and how much it affects your mental health, that the volume and the power behind those three little words, you're not alone. Right. Joella and Carrie, thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate you guys calling in. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I know it's one of the hardest things in the world to share your experience as a bullying victim, as well as a parent of one. But I firmly believe that your one in five story deserves to be heard by the world. And it's going to serve as such an amazing example of resilience and empowerment. Thank you you so much. Thank you for, you know, doing something for all these kids. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I just really hope that this interview brings you both another step towards healing. Thank Thank you. And to all of my listeners, thank you so much for joining me on the very first episode of One in Five from Bully to Healed. Never forget how incredibly special you are. You are worth more than all the gold in the world. Until next time.